feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, tonight, the war of words and the finger-pointing definitely continues. And all over the tri-state area, and let's also talk about all over the country, it has just been a mess with the migrants. Uh, Just a little bit ago, we were hearing here on the Rita Cosby Show that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is saying, quote, that he can't handle the spillover of asylum seekers arriving in New York City on a daily basis. Because guess what? The Big Apple is busting at the seams, and they're trying to figure out where to put them. And the mayor of New York City is now saying that he would like to put them in other counties and other states. And basically, too bad. We're just going to keep sending them out elsewhere Because there's no more, quote, room at the inn in New York. But this is the same mayor who said, you know, come on into New York City. We welcome everybody. And now he's wondering why New York City really is overflowing with migrants. And the battle is continuing, by the way, at what's being sort of described as ground zero. This is the location in Staten Island of an old Catholic school where they plan to put hundreds of migrants, mostly right now single adult men, and it's about 20 feet from a grammar school, K through 12. What could go wrong there? And it's in a residential neighborhood. Apparently all of the bathrooms are in a guy's backyard. That must be a real happy place to be. So they are protesting, understandably. And then the plan is they go in, they get an injunction. New York City overrides it, says, no, you're going to have to put them there. A few of them have gone there, but they are still fighting it out in court. And then there was word that Atlantic City International Airport, the big old airport, that the Biden administration is reportedly considering relocating migrants from New York City to Atlantic City International Airport. Maybe they can do a little gambling in AC while they're there. Go to, uh, you know, one of the, one of the big hotels. Probably, they probably would. Knowing the way things are working, they say, you know what? We'll give you the hotel. We'll give you the room service. We'll even give you a couple hundred dollars of chips so you can actually go to the gambling tables as well. I wouldn't be surprised that it ends up at that location at the end of the day. What a zoo. But now Governor Phil Murphy, a Democratic New Jersey governor, is saying uh, that he has not heard much about the fact this airport, by the way, is one of 11 federal sites that the Biden administration uh, is sending uh, to New York City's mayor's office basically to review. And Murphy is just saying in the last few minutes that his office hasn't heard very much about the matter from federal officials And that, quote, the state has already seen folks who are probably coming from New York and other locations. In other words, it is spilling over everywhere. And, yeah, he's saying, yeah, we can't really handle the spillover. Nobody wants to deal with it. So many of these liberal leaders are talking such a big game and saying, oh, yeah, come on in. We welcome everybody. Even if you're not vetted for disease or you're not criminally vetted, 
don't worry about it. Come on in. Not a big deal. And then when it actually happens, they're like, oh, what do we do? Uh, How are we going to handle this? New York City, again, the cost, it's going to be, they believe, about $12 billion. It's close to $10 million a day. It is unsustainable at a time where guess who's paying for that? Taxpayers. Wouldn't it be nice to have taxpayers be able to give money towards projects that they approve of, that they want to be a part of, that their families can benefit of? Does it benefit any families? As I just talked about, the one in Staten Island, to have suddenly all these migrants in an old Catholic school that's in a residential area 20 feet from a grammar school. And your taxpayer money is going towards that? This is just nuts. And we already have seen, I just did a really powerful discussion with Mark Morgan a little bit ago, former uh, acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. He was saying that he believes right now there's close to 9 million people in the country since Biden took office. He says that there are 7.2 million that we know of that aren't vetted. And then there's this 1.6 million, not a little number, of gotaways that are the kind of people that you just have zero track of. That probably are the worst of the worst drug dealers, human traffickers, all of those people. And guess what? They have no clue where they are, nor do they really have a clue too much where the other 7.2 million are. But think about that. Almost 9 million people since President Biden took office. And because of all that, that's why tonight this is one of the most astounding statements I have heard. Listen to what Corinne Jean-Pierre, she is the press secretary, of course, for President Biden. Nowhere near as good as Circleback Saki, by the way. She was really good. I didn't agree with her, but boy, did she know how to circle. It was like Sybil. Your head would twist as much as she circled back. Circled here, circled there. You're like, whoa, whoa. Before you knew it, she circled the globe and came back. But Corinne Jean-Pierre actually made this statement a few hours ago. Take a listen to this hogwash. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. Uh, uh, what? Wait, 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 I have to play that again because she actually said that with a straight face. She wasn't laughing. I thought maybe she's on medication or something. Who would actually say he has done more to protect the border, to secure the border than anyone else? That, that to me, if somebody said to me, you know, name the, the 30 people in the world who've made the border less safe, who've been the most derelict in their duties when it comes to national security and the border, I would, I would have a hard time deciding if it's Biden or Mayorkas or other people working for the administration. But I would clearly not put them at the top. Here she is again. Uh, this is, she's, maybe she's a great sense of humor. I don't know. Listen to this one. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. He really has. Is there anybody out there who buys that? Because I want to hear from you tonight if you think so. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This to me is a dangerous, disgusting, scary situation. Let's go to Norm, line four. Norm, your thoughts. My my thoughts, Rita, is I would like to send them to a state, um, a state that I feel is best for these people. And that is the state of Chihuahua in the country of Mexico, because these are, you know, our 
so-called representatives need to start representing the interests of American citizens and stop trying to represent illegal aliens. And that is my position. Yeah, you know what? Uh, send them back, like just like you said. Uh, let's see how they would enjoy uh, Chihuahua, which uh, has a lot of gang problems, by the way. Speaking of which, um, uh, it is—it's a mess, Norm. Do you see any end in sight? And the fact that she actually has the audacity, Norm, to say uh, the president has done more to secure the border than anyone else—I mean, that there are—that uh, is a stunning statement from someone who is a spokesperson of what I think is probably the most derelict in terms of national security of any American president. Your thoughts? My thoughts are um, the president administration obviously wants these people here. And there will be no change until we get a new administration. Yeah, that's sad. Unless of, Yep. That's sad, Correct. Norm, because, you know, it's going to be an awfully long time between now and uh, the next January, because obviously the election is next November. Uh, but the new president comes in, whoever it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be until January. So we've got more than a year of this crisis. Norm, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Al, line one. Al, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, Rita, I want to say uh, eventually... Uh, the migrants will be uh, moving into other areas of the tri-state outside of the five boroughs. Oh, they're going to be moving they, to every city, I think, across yeah. America at some point now. There's no exactly. end in sight. Even like, exactly. Even working-class areas like where I live, Yonkers, uh, they'll soon be here. Uh, we already had some. Uh, the only thing, it's, it's mostly going to be working-class areas in the tri-state. Uh, the people, the more affluent areas... They probably won't be able to get in there because that's where all the power people are and the money. That's just the way it goes. And How sad is that, Al? And I'll let you I finish know. the next point because that, that is a really sad yes. statement. And one of the places where they're pushing for is Staten Island. There's a lot of working class people there. It's such a great – it's a great oh, community as Yonkers. I know Yonkers too. Great people. I mean, how dare they think, oh, like, oh, what, uh, what, that uh, rich people uh, shouldn't be bothered with this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. That that is so like disgusting, Al. That and I agree with you. Sadly, yeah. I mean, look what happened. Al, they went to Martha's Vineyard. How long did they last? Five minutes. Exactly. I mean, and then these are flowing areas of Nassau County. Uh, they're going to be hard to get in there because it's just the, uh, you know, the the laws are designed to keep them out. This is the way it is. The zoning and all that. So. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I hope it's. Uh, yeah, I hope they solve this problem. The governor, even though last week she went to meet with the president's chief of staff, that's really insulting. Like you touched on that, he wouldn't even meet with her in the 1970s, mid 70s. A beam with the uh, fiscal crisis, where the city almost went bankrupt. Even Gerald Ford uh, at least met with him, and he was a Republican president. You know. By the way, Al, you're absolutely right. Um, there's something so deeply insulting when the governor of a huge, the major state uh, of all, I mean, you know, New York has such the hub of so much, um, and it's clearly, you know, uh, such a voluminous state in the country. I mean, this is every, any state, but when you have a governor of any state that comes and on such a critical issue like this, and you don't even bother to meet with them. I, I want to play, in fact, because it's interesting. I found it. I, I, I'm glad you touched on that because I think it is such a disgrace and it's such an insult that she goes all the way down there. Governor Hochul 
broadcast that I'm going down to the White House. It wasn't like some secret meeting. It was like, I'm going down to the White House. So they knew the president was in town. He, it wasn't like he can say, at least physically he was in town. I don't know mentally if he was in town, but physically he was in town. But he couldn't even make a few minutes to meet with her. And Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about it today. This is, of course, the White House press secretary. I'll take a listen to what she said. There's a lot going on. And uh, his chief of staff met, uh, met uh, was part of that meeting. I believe uh, Secretary Mayorkas was part of that meeting. Uh, some of his very high-level senior staff participated in the meeting with the governor, which is, as you said, a very important meeting to have. He has, uh, has a very good relationship with the governor. We've been, every time we're in New York, uh, the president, uh, in practically every time, uh, the president engages with the governor. So they have a very good relationship. Look, um, uh, the president has a lot of it on his plate. Uh, as you said, this is an important uh, uh, important issue as well. But when you have the chief of staff, uh, when you have the secretary of Homeland Security there meeting uh, with the governor, I think that shows how important the president thought this meeting was to make sure he had his top people speaking with her as well. Uh, that's like, uh, too bad we didn't have the time. And here's Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, uh, describing the meeting. Well, it was all centered on migrants. The two and a half hour meeting with the White House was a follow up to the letter I sent to the president less than a week ago. And I want to make sure they understood the urgency behind that letter calling for more federal action. This is a federal problem. It originates with the borders and it is something that is becoming an untenable situation for our constituents and our government leaders in New York state. So I went down to reinforce that message. Yeah, I went down, although the president, who knew I was coming and from one of the most important states in the country, he just couldn't even find five seconds to meet with me because he doesn't care. And I'm not going to call him out by name. They keep saying federal issue. I'm waiting for Democrats to say, and I know it's hard because they're fighting with the leader of their own party. But boy, wouldn't it be refreshing for them to say, President Biden, close the border, as opposed to the federal government, like it's some ambiguous thing uh, that is to blame. It is clearly the leadership issue and the leadership change, the policy of President Trump, which was doing fine with remain in Mexico. No, no, no. Al, real quick, I'll get you to respond, Al, because isn't that crazy? You hear her, oh, well, he had this meeting, he's doing this, da-da-da-da-da. What did you make of that gobbledygook, Al? What was your response, Al, to that? What did you think? You know, it's really insulting to the governor. And, you know, like, we, you know, if, if it was this time, uh, you know, last year, as if she was running this year, you know, her poll numbers had just plummeted 10%, she'd probably lose. So it's really insulting that he didn't meet with her. Yeah, I think I think it's disgu- I'm happy that she's trying. I'm happy she's going and yeah, I'm happy that at least trying. she's sounding the alarm. And so is Adams. I'm glad they're both sounding the alarm. Um, but the, but for the Biden administration not to even entertain that, that to me is is a, it's a disgrace. It's a slap in the face. And it just shows they don't care. You know, they really don't. Sad situation. Al, thank you. You're terrific. Thank you. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls in a minute. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So what a mess the border situation has become. And also, by the way, New York City Mayor Eric Adams 
talking about sort of an adopt-a-migrant program. Why don't you want to just maybe have them in your home or have them at your business? Have a couple illegal aliens who haven't been vetted for diseases or criminal history. Doesn't that sound like the kind of adoption you want to do? I mean, it's everybody's problem. Yeah, come on into your home. Come on into your business. What could go wrong? It's just such a crazy moment and a moment that could have been avoidable. I mean, many of them are acting like it's some epiphany now that there's suddenly this flood of migrants. What else do you expect? America is the greatest country. They're coming here because they love it. But most of them are not making appropriate asylum claims. Most people estimate that about 85% of the asylum claims are fraudulent, at least 85%. Some say it's as high as 95%. And because the criteria is that they have to be coming from where they are experiencing persecution and part of a, quote, protected class. So state persecution, part of a protected class. Uh, you can, you know, it's it's a very narrow cast. They're targeting you because of your race, uh, your ethnicity, a uh, couple different reasons from the state. So in other words, you're on a hit list kind of thing and you got to get out of there. Most people are coming for economic reasons. That is not a reason to come to the United States. That is not an application for asylum. Technically, that is fraudulent. And many people on their forms say, oh, I have been persecuted. This is what happened because they know the system. They know how it works. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith. Line eight. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. First of all, uh, you know what? I want to ask you a question on Hawaii, but on this, I want to, that's very important. It's a very important question, I feel. I wonder if you have the answer to it. But before I get there, you know, where are the medical experts and the politicians regarding, Rita, the double standards of these, I call them illegals, that do not have, they don't have to be tested for anything, not for COVID, not for diseases, nothing, okay? Uh, it's such a health hazard, and they're going to be mingling with us citizens, including in the schools with the children. And you watch this demented Democratic administration under Biden. They are going to try to enforce lockdowns and masks again, whatever. And, uh, and, and the truth is most of Americans by now have come down with COVID. They have antibodies. Their immune system is stronger, whatever. But yet they're going to use all this. And, you know, it's so hypocritical. It's so ridiculous. Why are they not testing these people? It should be mandatory. That's one. Two, please let me ask you a question, Rita, before. Who is responsible in Hawaii? Who is responsible for blocking people with these barricades and then they sent them to their fiery deaths? Who did that? Why? Do you know about that? You know what? I've heard those reports. Uh, I'll answer your last one first um, because I have heard those reports that they were actually blocking them. And in some of them, most of them, I think what you're talking about is when they were lined up in the cars and basically stuck in a cauldron. I mean, it is so horrific. And for some reason, you're right, they were blocking. They also, there's reports that it was hours until the water came. And then they also didn't do the sirens. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to blame. That absolutely needs to be investigated, Judith, because they seem like credible reports. Um, and the question is, who gave those orders? Who would ever do that? Also, you're right. They're not being vaccinated, the migrant kids. And they're coming into the classrooms next week. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita 
Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story from Falcon Heights, Minnesota, where a day at the state fair took a really scary turn for a Minneapolis man. But thanks to the quick action of some local police officers, a dangerous medical emergency ended in a life-saving encounter, and it happened last weekend. The Wilmer Police Department says that two of its officers are credited with helping to save the life of a 71-year-old man who went into cardiac arrest. The officers were working with the Minnesota State Fair Police Department when a fairgoer suddenly flagged them down and said that a man had collapsed on the Kidway. Within seconds, the officers were on the scene. They took over performing CPR from a good Samaritan until another officer brought an automatic external defibrillator to the scene. Doctors credited the officer's actions along with that of the Good Samaritan for saving the man's life, and the officers were awarded the Minnesota State Fair All-Star Award for their quick action and life-saving efforts. And thank goodness they were there at the right place at the right time. Well, Judith was just talking about what's going on with migrants in schools, and it's a great question. How is this happening that kids who are not vaccinated are suddenly going to be thrust into school systems. They also can't speak the language. And it reminded me the fact that the criteria seems to be so much less for migrant children than regular American children. It reminded me of what was going on during COVID. Remember in COVID when they were coming across the border, there were reports that it was like, you know, three, five percent of them at most were vaccinated. And the rest of them were not vaccinated. And it didn't seem to be a big deal to the Biden administration. Yet everybody else was in lockdown, shutdown, uh, dealing with masking, the endless max- masking that we had to continue with. Remember all the standards like kids couldn't go to school? They had to be masked up. They had to have this. They had to have that. And yet if you're on the border, come on in. I mean, how crazy is that? Especially think about, sadly, they're coming from Difficult conditions in terms of economic conditions. We're talking a lot of them even on the journey. You know, we saw those images of many of them sleeping under a uh, freeway bridge. Remember that one? That was those Haitian migrants. Uh, And then there were others that were sleeping in these like, you know, very dirty tents. Uh, I guess they're probably not very good with their health care. That's just a guess. So these are the people the most criteria one you would think that you would put at the top of the list and say make sure they get a vaccination so they're living in difficult conditions taking a treacherous you know journey over and yet they're not getting vaccinated and you're going to allow them in and now here we are again fast forward now we have so many of them there's about to be 19,000 that are supposed to enter the New York City school system at least in a matter of days They're not vaccinated. They don't speak the language. Boy, what a mess that is. So much so that even Democratic New York City Councilman Bob Holden, he's part of the Common Sense Caucus. He's one of eight. He's more of a conservative Democrat. Uh, He said, this is just, this is insane. Take a listen to what he has to say. This is cut 16. Our kids need vaccines to get into school. They don't. 
Uh, our, our kids uh, need, you know, obviously they need supplies. They need, you know, uh, bags and, and, and school supplies. They don't have it. We have to buy it. But the migrant kids, 19,000 and counting, by the way, and they're going to have to hire 3,400 new teachers to, to teach them, bilingual teachers. So we're, we're in a mess situation now, not only in housing the migrants, but educating them. And I've seen I've seen some uh, some schools overwhelmed and, and some of them. I, and I feel bad for the migrant children. Many of them are taking three buses to schools in my district. And guess who's paying for it? American taxpayers. And here is New York City Councilman Bob Holden also saying, you know, it's a big problem. Many of them are single adult males. The biggest problem we have, we have a lot of men running around the city who can't work. Uh, They're not allowed to work, and they're just uh, able-bodied sitting around. That's a recipe for disaster. I said this six months ago, uh, that we should expedite the the process of asylum or, you know, send them back. And I would send them to the White House. Like I mentioned, I mentioned this six months ago, send them to the White House. Put them on the White House lawn, see what what happens then. I wish we could. Send them to the Naval Observatory. That's another location. You know, of course, Kamala Harris's location. I mean, the list goes on and on. Why are you putting them in other people's backyards when you won't put them in your backyard, Mr. President? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Stan. Line one. Stan, your thoughts about this? Uh, I don't want to give you a heart attack, but I'm going to give it what you want I agree with you a thousand percent. Oh, I am having a heart attack, Stan. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, why? Why do you agree? There's two parts to this. The first one is I find this whole thing disgusting. I think it has been an absolute. Stan, your phone's cracking a little bit. That's okay. I I got it. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. It's just breaking up a little. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. Yep. Uh, This is an absolute disaster. Uh, I, I, I. I was trying to figure out what the hell is the president thinking. I'm, I say to myself, okay, Joe, uh, what do you think you need to do here? And he don't say anything, and he doesn't say anything. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't necessarily blame him for this situation. I have said all along, and I've been consistent, I thought troops should have been put down there years ago. And Trump didn't put any troops there. He wanted to build a wall, which wasn't going to do anything. Barbed wire would have been great, but nobody... Nobody has done anything, even, and yes, Joe Biden, he's been absent. I don't, yeah, none of them wanted to do the tough thing. None of them, all of them. So the question you have to ask is, why? Why won't they send the troops down? Uh, is it how it will look to the rest of the world? How it will look to Americans? I don't give a damn what it looks like. We are being overrun. We've never had this before. People have stood in line, our history, and that's the way we come in. Ellis Island was Ellis Island. We did it the right way, the legal way. This is a complete disaster. Now, the second part of this is this. And you're not going to like this one. You'll get over your heart attack pretty quick. <laughs> no, I do not like the Hispanic racism coming from what I hear on this station. And what you, do you can mean hear, Hispa- wait a minute. No, no, oh, hang on yeah. one second. What do you mean, uh, Hispanic third racism? World, this is becoming a third world nation. Uh, we're bringing in crooks. 
the, everybody is no damn good coming in. Now, I don't like any of these people coming in. I, not, legally, they should. But everybody is a crook. Stan, everybody, Stan, no, no, no. I am not, no. I am not going to let you get away with a lie, okay? That's, that, that's where I stop, Stan. Everybody says it on Stan, this Stan, that's actually not what is said. What is said is they I know are, they need shots. Stan, I know that. Not just shots. Uh, you know, they need they, to be checked out. They need to be better. Not everybody is a crook. No, and, no and Stan, that is not what people say. What oh, they really? say is be vetted, be checked. I agree. Be, and, and, and so you and I are agreeing. Yeah, so so but, uh, for you to say, how dare you say that, Stan? How dare you? You know better. Don't you ever accuse this station of, of being like anti this or anti that. We're saying check this, check that, that this, that that. You're agreeing with me. And guess what? People who know a lot better than even you or I know. Mark Morgan, for example, this guy is the former head of Customs and Border Protection. He's been on the front line of law enforcement for decades. He believes that there are close to about two million gotaways. These are the gotaways. These are probably murderers, crooks, rapists, all these are these are the ones who are not accounted for. There's probably eight million that are accounted for, but we still haven't vetted. But, I want but, them all but, accounted but, for, Reed. But, but I, I agree with too. you. I do too. But when you hear that there are that many people in this climate where anybody, it's a free-for-all, and if they're ducking the border, you know that they're bad individuals. And it only takes a few, as we're coming up on the anniversary of 9-11, to let loose. And we have millions of them thanks to your president. So don't you dare ever sit and accuse this station of being that you know better and everybody Rita, else knows better. You just agreed a, with this me. Is, Rita, I have agreed with you that this president, I also agree this has been a long-term problem coming in. Nobody sent troops down there. I, as I said, I've been consistent. I wanted troops down there. That could have stopped it to a large extent. And, and Bob, something. Nobody. But Obama didn't do it. Trump didn't do it, and of course the President Biden has it. There no are but two things. Hang on, Stan. Stan, you make it sound, don't lump Trump and Biden. I am lumping him in. Yeah, Absolutely. but you shouldn't. You, you, yeah, you should. Well, guess what it was? And you know what also was, Stan? Policy. Biden has, the minute he got in office, he lifted Remain in Mexico. He fought Title 42. That's that health provision. He could have kept it in place. He didn't want it in place because he wants them here, Stan. Well, and purpose? it defies. You tell me. I, 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 you know I, what? I, you know what? I, I'll tell you why I think. I sadly, I, I actually at first thought, you know what? Um, you know, he's, he's trying to be engaging everybody come in. I don't think it's that because I think, He's smarter than that. And I don't mean that not the topic, not the issue. Right. What I mean is that I think there's a bigger objective here. What's the objective? I think he wants to make them legal citizens who will eventually, this is what some people say, who will eventually vote because he believes they will vote Democratic. Because it's inconceivable that an American president would have a wide open border and allow, even by low estimates, 1.8 million gotaways and millions more that haven't been checked. Rita, I you tell me. You. You know? I, agree with, I agree with you that these people have got away. Uh, to just think that all of these people become become citizens is a joke. I don't think they can. Oh, but, I think they can. By the way, Stan, I yeah. think there's a, there is a moment that they could, and it's happened before where there has been amnesty, there's been asylum, uh, there's been a history of that. Even Reagan even agreed to that at one point. You know, there's, there are deals that get made, and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point 
there comes a moment where the president says, you know what? I'll do more security on the border, but all those 10 million or 15 million that happen to be here by now under my watch, let's just make them legal or at least give a quick pathway. We're in a year or two. And guess what? He thinks they will vote and they probably will. Because guess who let them in for free? Guess who gave them free hotel rooms? Guess him who did it is called buying the electorate. And, and that, that it's the only inconceivable incon- thing I can think of because why else would a president be so derelict? Well, let me ask you this. Barack Obama, to his credit, threw out two million of these people. Uh, Trump, I think, threw out. I don't know the number he threw out. But if uh, Obama can throw out two million, I'm just saying, uh, that was the estimate. And he got them out. And, and he got I, a lot of heat, by the way, from even uh, people yeah, in his party. Illegal. So it, it's conceivable, but it would have to be a lot more, eight, maybe not, that we can throw these people out or get them. Now, somebody called up, I think it was Robert from Philly, that there are European countries needing people to work. I, that is true. Why don't we do that? Why don't we get them on boats, speak to France, Germany, other countries, and say, hey, we've got these people here. How about taking them? Well, you know why, them? Stan? Because this administration doesn't want them to leave. And you hit it on the head, actually. Tonight we are agreeing on a lot except for that crazy comment you made yeah. in between. I'd like but, to see them but, go. But I'd I, like to see them Thank you, go. Stan. Stan oh. I agree. I'm, hey, listen, I, this is an Don't epiphany moment. I will. I got two today. <laughs> no Stan, heart attack. No Stan, heart attack. Thank you. We love you, Stan. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's go to Alice. Uh, Alice, now I'm having two heart attacks after Stan. Go ahead. I didn't think I'd ever agree with him, except for that moment Please. where I hated him. But go ahead. I had to sit down. A couple of points. <laughs> you, have, you, had a, you have a national audience. We're all on your side, and I hope there's some decision makers around the country who are listening and learning Thank from you. the miserable mistakes that are being made by your politicians who are selfish and ambitious. ambitious. Now, a little background on this, a little history. Uh, I flew as a crewmate with a woman who emigrated at the age of 12 from Budapest, Hungary, at the height of the revolution. Give you a, a, a timeline there. When they came here, they had to be evaluated. They had to, have, uh, they had to have an address. They had to have a sponsor. They had to have money. When she got here at age 12, the uh, New York public schools assessed her, put her in school, and... They didn't have someone mollycoddling her for uh, bilingual, etc. It was total immersion. And some people will tell you that's a, one of the best ways to learn. You sink or swim. By the way, uh, Alice, yeah. I lived in Spain. And I went okay. to University of Sevilla for a year when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Yo puedo hablar español. Uh, I'm fluent uh. in Spanish. And I'll tell you, <laughs> when I first got there... I didn't understand a word almost of the, you know, in classroom. And I, I had to rise up just like you said. I was fully immersed. Yes. I was like, what the heck are they saying? And at the end, I could say every four letter word and other things. <laughs> right, the key right. things you need. No, but yeah. sink or swim, but you're right. But, and it forced me to rise up. Um, but in this case, uh, it's a great point. They seem to be bending over backwards. And listen, you know, the young kids coming in, I have sympathy. For especially the children, and I have sympathy for you know for for people coming here. I blame more our administration, but the fact yes. that we are spending you you hit an excellent point because there was a report that we're spe- we're getting like two thousand uh, bilingual teachers that are being hired for this influx of migrants that's about to happen in a few days just in New York City alone. I mean, and again, taxpayers paying for it. 
you know, you think about uh, think about the money that that's costing. What if we put that towards homeless Americans, homeless veterans? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is. It's cra- and Alice now it's every place. I mean, I just told you at the beginning of the show um, that the New Jersey governor, who is a Democrat, go- you know, Democrat Phil Murphy, is saying we don't really have any room in our place because they're looking at trying to use Atlantic City Airport. The feds are looking at making that available. It's a you know has a federal jurisdiction, and apparently they're trying to open that up in a couple other sites. They opened Floyd Bennett Field, which is an old airfield in Brooklyn, but now they're trying to find other sites. And New Jersey governor's going, ah, 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 we don't want him. Because he's seeing Governor Kathy Hochul saying, we don't want them outside of New York City. And Eric Adams right now is um, busting at the seams. I mean, New York City is a big city. Uh, but you know what? It's already half of the hotel rooms are filled with migrants at taxpayer money. It, it, it is where does it end? Where does it end? We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Alice, thanks so much. You're terrific. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. are talking about President Biden and the lack of will, because it clearly is the lack of will. Uh, we started at the top of the hour with Corinne Jean-Pierre saying this president has done more to secure the border than anyone else. That is an unbelievable statement. And then if you ask Biden today, just a little bit ago, he was finally asked about the border. I'm happy at least he's being asked uh, because for a long time he wasn't even being asked about the border. I mean, we're all the reporters should be asking constantly about this because it's a huge security issue. And he's like, well, you know what? I could do more if I had technology. You could do more if you had the will. But listen to the hogwash the president had just a little bit ago, blaming it on just we need a little more money. One of the other things I'm, I've been asking the Congress for, it was a need about $15 billion along the border to be able to deal with the technology needed to be able to determine whether or not this, these precursor drugs are making it into, into Mexico or into the United States and dealing with that. So there's more to do there as well. All right. I just wanted, did you hear again? He's asked it about the border. It's not about the migrants or the human smuggling. It's about the precursor drugs that are coming through. And it was because today was National uh, Opioid, I think, Overdose Day, uh, which is an important topic. Uh, but it was about precursor drugs. Uh, you know, it wasn't about uh, migrants, uh, armed drug dealers, uh, you know, human traffickers. No, no, no. Let's not worry about that coming into our country. This, to me, is one of the scariest things that I think we're going to feel for generations to come. Uh, the residual effects of 1.8 million that are 
obviously really bad people. The other several million, you would bet that there's quite a bit of bad people in there. Not all of them, but a lot of them are bad people, too. They just because they haven't been vetted. It's just you do the numbers. We are opening ourselves up to just dangerous, dangerous options. And I'm talking about a potential like other 9-11 attack, people planning these things. And that's why this, to me, is such a serious, serious issue. And in the next hour, we're going to talk more about this, but also the fact President Biden is not even going to a 9-11 memorial site on 9-11. You know the date. We all know the date. First president in 22 years. That is an insult. Guess what? He's coming back from a climate conference because that's the real threat to America, not the armed guards coming across the border, uh, not the drug dealers, not the human traffickers. They're not a problem whatsoever. Uh, I guess a cumulus cra- a cloud hanging above is is the threat to American security, not 1.8 million gotaways that we have zero clue about. This president is out to lunch. We're going to continue the conversation after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. surprise president trump's georgia election interference trial will be essentially live streamed and televised according to the judge who is handling the case this just coming out uh the legal proceedings this is of course tied to everything tied to the 2020 election in georgia and of course with da fanny willis And the Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee said Thursday during a hearing uh, on the level of media coverage that it will be allowed inside the courtroom. Can you imagine? This is going to be one for the record books. Um, He said, in line with the spirit of transparency here, we have followed uh, the judge's model And we've been live streaming all of our major proceedings on a Fulton County provided YouTube channel. Uh, So our plan is to do that with this case as well. So there's going to be a YouTube feed the entire time. Now, the trial date has not been set. They're trying to make it, of course, uh, the day before Super Tuesday. Surprise, surprise. We know that the D.C. special counsel that's on the election interference in D.C., he wants that date. But whatever it is in Georgia, it's going to be like the O.J. Simpson trial. It's going to be like every movement, everything, every pace. Trump will probably be there because he probably, at least for much of it, 
will have to be there because it is a criminal trial and it's a, you know, a case of this nature. You would think for the most part, he probably will be there. Uh, this is going to be must-see. They're, they're going to have the best ratings ever on that Fulton County YouTube channel. That's for sure. It is going to be one for the record books. And meantime, President Trump himself still doing a whole bunch of interviews. And he just said uh, that this is on an Instagram video, uh, talked about the shame of Biden's departure from Afghanistan. And this is uh, very relevant today in light of some new news. But listen to the president saying just how horrible it was the way that Biden pulled out of Afghanistan. We're leaving Afghanistan with dignity and strength. Biden left in shame and defeat, a defeat like this country has never suffered before. And he also took some more swipes at the current commander and chief. Under crooked Joe Biden, our country is going through some very difficult times. The rule of law is being destroyed and the justice system is being wielded as a weapon against Joe Biden's political opponents, me primarily. Over the past few months, I've heard from countless Americans who are deeply disturbed by these appalling political persecutions and attacks. I want to say to you today, do not despair and do not lose hope. Every injustice they throw at us, every hoax, witch hunt, and abuse of power must only harden our will and steal to resolve to save our nation. This is the nation we love. We will save it. We will not let this happen. Our vindication will come on Election Day 2024. We will take back power from these lunatic, sick, and sinister people. We will expose their corruption for history to see, and justice will be done. So keep on fighting and turn all of our frustration and your frustration and energy into determination to achieve an epic victory in November 2024. Nothing is more important. This will be the most important election in the history of our country. Our country is going bad. Our country is going into a communist state. And we can't let that happen. We will make America great again. We cannot let anything happen to this precious country of ours. Thank you very much. And as he's making those statements, word coming out that President Biden will be the first American president in 22 years to not mark the 9-11 anniversary at one of the scenes of the horrendous attack. He's going to be actually coming back from a climate conference in Vietnam where they're talking about the deadliest thing that he thinks is out there, which is climate change, as opposed to our southern border, which is opposed to honoring the people of 9-11. He will be able to fly back and be at a military base in Alaska. So he will be obviously in the United States. And, but that's the closest he can get just logistically because he's got to go to that climate change conference. I find that deeply offensive. I'm sorry. I think 9-11 is one of the most important things any American president can do to honor those who died and the heroes of 9-11 to never forget, uh, because of their unbelievable sacrifice. And, you know, I think it's so moving to watch presidents wherever they are uh, speaking. You know, they've gone to Shanksville. They've obviously come to New York. They've gone to the Pentagon. But to not even go to one of those sites 
and basically say, well, climate change is a bigger priority, essentially, because he knows what's on his schedule. You look at the calendar and you see 9-11. Everybody knows what 9-11 means. It's not like he can say, oh, I had a scheduling conflict. He made it a priority. And people on his team made it a priority that he would actually instead be at a climate conference and can therefore not make it back logistically uh, to one of the important sites where so many people died and so many people fought for freedom. That, to me, is unbelievable. And that is unforgivable. I think it's astounding. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour as we are talking about the border Because the border is wide open. He does the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. He's working on a plea deal, by the way, for the 9-11 mastermind, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. And then, of course, he just is too busy on a schedule to make it to the events, to the memorial and the tributes on 9-11. That, to me, is ridiculous. And that, to me, is shameful of this president. 1-800-848-9222. We're talking about that, migrants, and much more. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania, line one. Dave, your thoughts. Hey, hi, Rita. I I keep hearing people say um, we need to vet these people. Um, They're not coming across the border with a portfolio in a manila folder or, or, or an iPad with a resume. You can't call back to the home country and ask for work history and medical records. So you know how they're going to vet these people? The hard way. We're going to find out the hard way. And can I say something to Stan and Ted? Wait, and before oh, I, you do, what do you mean by the hard way? How do you think we're going to find out the hard way? Oh, I think there's something uh, biblical that says uh, through their their deeds, ye shall know them. <laughs> well, and, and listen, we're get, we need a lot of prayers and hope right now, believe me, and a lot of faith given everything that's going on. Now, now what were you going to say to Stan and Ted? Yes, because uh, I know you're listening, boys. Are you guys happy? Are you really happy? Do you like the way this man is driving the bus off the cliff? Are you happy with the way this is going? Nice going, guys. Love well, ya. Well, you know what, Dave? Because Stan is not on the phone, um, and he did call in a few minutes ago, as you heard, I, I will at least defend him on this because he actually agreed, in this case, that they should be sent back uh he didn't seem to want to go after the president too much but he did at least agree uh that it is absolutely wrong what's happening so for once uh for once he agreed but but you're right it's like listen these people telegraph they wanted everybody in and guess what everybody came and now they're going oh god what do we do but biden's not even doing that i mean he doesn't even seem to care that's what's really scary dave like i haven't heard him say boy i am so worried at what's happening at the border all he says is how great a job he's doing. And what What do you mean wide open? Just because uh, 10 million people have come through. Eh, that's nothing. I mean, don't worry about it. I, I mean, it's, it is, it really is. It's almost like if you say the most ridiculous things, he's hoping somebody's going to believe him or reprint it or something. It, it is, it is insane. Uh, Dave, thank you, though, very much. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Eddie, line six. Eddie, your thoughts. Rita. I'm so much in like with you. Thank you, Eddie. You're sweet. Thank you. And I I think I told you your call screener was screwed, glued, and tattooed. I listen to Cats at Five, and I call you to the power team. I texted John this. You are the power team. 
Thank you. You are so sweet. Well, I am the lucky one to work with the great John Katsimatidis and be here with all of you. That makes me so happy. Uh, what do you think, Ed, with the migrants? Now, are you concerned that it's coming to your neighborhood? Oh, my gosh. I I live about um, five miles away from the old Pilgrim State Grounds, the psychiatric hospital. And I'll be there with Curtis Sliwa. And he'll come out here. So Curtis Sliwa is the, uh, what did he say? He is the, um, he's the guy that's going to start this. Yeah, no, he, listen, he's been, he has been galvanizing people, uh, to his credit and getting people. And, and and I'm happy, Eddie. By the way, I'm also really happy to see, uh, for the most part, you know, these protests have been peaceful. Um, they've been people, you know, Curtis was saying they've been people from all different sides, um, coming out there. Is that the sense you're getting? Because that's important. You know, uh, we're the passive majority, but, well, when it comes to it, we become patriots, and then there's a civil war, which we're at right now. Right, Absolutely. but of, but listen, of course, we don't want it to get to uh, to the point where it actually gets uh, to a, a physical war. We got to keep it uh, peaceful. Get your voices heard, um, and I like the fact that it seems to be people from a lot of different sides coming out all together with a common mission to protect their neighborhoods. Because uh, the last thing you want is a migrant shelter with a grammar school right across the street. It's just it seems um, almost unbelievable. And obviously, it sadly is one of the sites. And uh, it's great that people, at least in Staten Island and elsewhere, are fighting it because to me it is it is reckless and it's a formula for disaster. Eddie, thank you. You are so great. Thank you so much. Let's go to J.C. Line eight. J.C., your thoughts. Hey, Rita, I think uh, Curtis should like. We enact some sort of guardian angel, maybe call it Patriot Angel. Ah, that's, yeah. you know what, JC, that's a great idea. Yeah, call it Patriot Angel, uh, you know, or uh, we got to find we got to find a catchy name, but that's a great idea. JC, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Robert in Philly real quick. Robert, line seven. Go ahead, Robert. Great to t- talk to you, Rita, and uh, I'll close with a fact that will floor you. First, Stan, that wasn't me that made that statement about sending the immigrants overseas. It was made by somebody else, but it was made on Dominic Carter's show, so how does he hear that? But never mind. Um, you talk about Corinne Jean-Pierre, who I call Trader Joe's Fembot. The reason why she's not as good as Circleback Saki is because Saki is way more comfortable with lying, and she's very good at it. I give you the immigrants won't be here that long. And the reason why they lie like this is because the media doesn't call them on it, which is the crux of all of our problems if you think about it. Finally, Trader Joe has allowed more illegal immigrants into this country than the population of 39 of our 50 American states. Only 11 states have a bigger population than this idiot has let in. Wow. Stan, don't you dare equate him to Trump. Illegal immigration was down 80 percent, so he didn't need to send troops. You only send that when you have incompetent leadership. And every time somebody talks about sending troops, your party stops them. But vote for them again, Stan. You guys are doing a great job. Rita, if I don't get a chance to talk to you tomorrow, I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. You are terrific. And you're absolutely right about Trump that 
look, immigration was down so much, illegal immigration, because they knew that they'd get sent back. And he meant it with the wall. And he had remain in Mexico, too, in addition to all these other things that were in place where they had to be vetted before they came. I mean, it was clear that the position was, uh uh-oh, now we're in trouble. And they know. And now the opposite is happening. It is a I use the phrase it's a dereliction of duty. It really is, because the president's first responsibility is to protect the homeland. And this one has been M.I.A. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. And uh, thank you for the nice uh, early Labor Day weekend greetings, Phil. And the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, we were just talking about how difficult it is to vet migrants, especially from foreign countries, guys. Um, it is going to be difficult. David brought that up because if you look at it, they're coming in uh, unless they're flagged in the U.S. system. That's even if you vet them and check them. And if you even know you have the right name, that's the only way you might even know if they have a criminal history in America. You think uh, Guatemala? Or Venezuela is providing their criminal records to you? Heck no. They're saying, great, take them. Uh, so you have no clue of what they did in their home country, of their gang leaders. You have zero clue. And those are just the ones we know about. So this is a really scary, serious issue. And now we're hearing that at one point, um, you know, uh, basically Eric Adams in New York was offered four dicks. Then nothing came of it. We didn't hear anything back, I should say, from Governor Murphy. Now there's this other attempt to now go to Atlantic City International Airport uh, that the Biden administration's clearing it. They're trying to move them to other locations uh, so they can just spread it everywhere else as opposed to closing the border. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve. Line six. Steve, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, ever since the fire on Maui, it's been impossible for me not to think of our leader as Emperor Nero Joe. <laughs> he, he, whether or not he made the um, alleged comment of no comment at all, he was still just enjoying himself on the beach while Maui burned. And we know what happened in Rome to the Romans at the time also. So... Well, you know what? Yeah, you know what? There's an interesting analogy there. And I think, you know, this guy, I think he is so out of touch. And if I hear that story also about the uh, the kitchen fire and trying to look like he's, you know, uh, making an analogy with the people in Maui who lost everything, uh, it's offensive to me. And, and he is clueless. I will say that he did sit back for two weeks and, and watch everything burn. So I, uh, there is a bit of an analogy there. And then we're talking about also about nine 11 coming up next. Uh, Cause boy, the way he's handling now the anniversary of nine 11, which I think um, is a sacred, powerful, uh, somber anniversary uh, to commemorate it. And the importance of that date, the fact that he's not even going to be at one of the sites, first American president ever that that's disgusting. Um, Steve, thank you. Great points. Let's go to Mary. Line two. Mary, your thoughts. 
Yes, well, as I told you before, I worked for immigration for 20 years. What I think they should do is start the credible fair, fair interviews. They have all those people gathered uh, together, a lot of them, and um, they could start. Uh, and if they had a credible fear interview and that was reviewed, and anyway, they could then be eligible for deportation. Now, that, by so the way, I, that, that's a great point. Mary, your perspective is so great. Um, and so appreciated. You're, you are absolutely correct. Um, and, but do you know what? You also have to have a will. And, and they don't seem to want to have a will for any of that, uh, which is the scary thing. And you know that all too well. Mary, thank you, by the way, also for your great service. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Let's go to Pete. Line six. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. It's getting worse and worse out here in Staten Island. I mean, People are coming over to your car where you're driving, standing in front of it, and begging for money. It's these migrants. You know, I, I, I have compassion in my heart, but they came in the wrong way, and now they're getting dumped in the street. It's horrible. Wait, it's no, so hey, place. Pete, so you're what you're saying? There's what they there's a lot of them out there asking for money and and in help, and, Island, uh, and they come to your car. They walk in front of the car. You got to. Be careful. You got to eyes in the back of your head to be able to see where they're coming, not to hit people. They just, they don't care. They, they're, they're so desperate. Oh, Pete, thank you for letting us know. By the way, that is really heartbreaking. I agree with you. And like you said, they're just dumping them there, uh, not vetted, not checking. Uh, also, no security for the local residents like you and others. And then you're also heartbreaks for a lot of the migrants, too. What a mess. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here where we get to honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, where they talk about how life changed for Mike Gretzen on August 26, 2021. That is when he was injured in a suicide bombing that resulted in the deaths of 13 U.S. service members, as we know, at Kabul Airport. He says, we were hit by the suicide bomber. Nine of the 13 that died were in my platoon. They all died to the left and behind me. I managed to get lucky with only ball bearings coming through my left arm. Two years later, uh, Gretzen is back in Wisconsin where he is still feeling the effects of what happened during his deployment. And it has been a very slow and difficult road to recovery. Uh, Gretzen is still unable to feel in his left elbow and to help with his struggles. He also has a service dog, which is beautiful. He said, since I've had her, my whole life has changed. Well, Gertzen's service hasn't gone unnoticed. U.S. Congressman Mike Gallagher honored him on Wednesday night in front of dozens of supporters. The congressman said, we have all these stories of heroism and service and sacrifice that may never make their way into a book or movie, but they are important to remember. So we just felt it was deeply important to shine a light on Mike's service as he is a great, great American. Gallagher further said, we take it for granted in America. 
But as the old saying goes, freedom isn't free. We need young men and women to volunteer to put their lives on the line so that we may have freedoms here at home. Very, very beautifully and powerfully said. Well, to me, when I think of 9-11, I think of the incredible sacrifice um, and the heroism of those people who were trying to stop the terrorists that were aboard the plane uh, that was going down in Shanksville. Remember, it, it forced it to go down in Shanksville because of the Todd Beamers who said, let's roll. Think about the guts of that guy and everybody on that plane, knowing that that plane was headed toward Washington, D.C., and they had to take it down uh, for it not to reach the nation's capital. Think about the heroes that were also on the plane that slammed into the Pentagon, including my friend Barbara Olson, who died on that flight. Also, I think about those two planes that slammed into the Twin Towers and the heroism and the guts of the people on board, knowing what was about to come, not realizing, but obviously their final moment, seeing what was about to happen. If they saw it, we don't know. Um, but just their precious, incredible lives and the guts and heroism of the American people and the incredible sad loss and tragedy. And also the message that we have to stand up against bad guys. We have to stand up against the terrorists. We have to look at the warning signs. We have to secure our border. We have to know who's coming into our country. We have to know if there are sleeper cells that are here. Remember, Mohammed Atta was already in the country. So were some of the others. Remember, another one was doing the flight training. They were in this country. That's why it is so important to protect the homeland and to protect our borders. And it's also so important to never, ever forget. To me, it is one of the most important days in our calendar. And it happens, of course, every year. Every president knows it. It is a pivotal, pivotal day. And Every time this has happened since 9-11, an American president has gone to the scene of the attacks. And for the first time ever, President Biden has decided that he's not going to be there. And I say has decided because you clearly look at the calendar and see, okay, well, this is 9-11. He's going to a climate conference over in Asia. He's going to that first. And so on 9-11, he has decided he's going to be in Alaska with U.S. military, which I think is also great to obviously always be on the homeland and to also honor our military. But he should be at the scene of these horrendous attacks. These are very important tributes that take place every year on those days. And sometimes we've seen leaders go to all the sites or we've seen them go to at least one or two of the sites. It is, I think, one of the most important commitments for our commander-in-chief to do, and every president has done it since 9-11. And this president has decided that he's going to go to a climate conference, and his staff has clearly decided to, because they could see it on the calendar. They see the way it's going, and they've made a decision that they're going to do that, and he will not be able to be at one of these other very, very important memorials. I think that says a lot of this president, and it is deeply, deeply important. And I think... Really shameful that he would not be at these important pivotal sites on this critical day. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Here is Emily Campagno of 
Fox News. Uh, This is what she had to say about it. Take a listen. To me, 9-11 is something that you plan your presidential schedule all around. It's like those of us normal people who say, oh, my sister's getting married on this day, so this is what we're planning everything out for the year. So the fact that he chose or his advisors chose to plan a trip to Vietnam to discuss climate change. Oh, gosh. And then it's 9-11. So, okay, oh, I know. We'll spend it in Alaska. It comes and reads as an afterthought. It reads as a dismissal. And the first lady at Arlington National Cemetery and and the um, vice president will be here at, at the World Trade Center. To me, that is not the same thing as my commander in chief honoring those lives that were lost and the lives that were lost in the disastrous Afghan withdrawal and in those 20 years since that he decided to announce on 9-11 also. We know how he treats Gold Star families. We know how he treats the American people. This is one more nail in that hideous coffin, but it's the biggest slap in the face of them all. And the man who was governor of New York during the 9-11 attacks, who was just did an incredible job, I thought, along with Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, during that time was Governor George Pataki. And earlier today on Cats and Cosby, we asked him what he thought of this, and he did not hold back at all. Take a listen. You know, the fact that he is not doing anything to commemorate that horrible day is a disgrace. Is a disgrace. And take a listen to what he thinks of also this president at this moment. I think he just... uh, is clueless as to what's happening in Washington, what's happening in the world. And he is obsessed with being the world leader on climate. Uh, I don't know what he's doing other than driving up energy costs and causing brownouts and destroying our own energy industry. So we have to import energy from elsewhere. Uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. He is a failed leader. Uh, and it is tragic for our country. And as Governor Patterson was saying before, he, he thought of uh, maybe I'd be happy about it. I'm not. You know, you want to root for the president. Yeah, you want to root for the president and you want the president who's rooting for America. And then this also comes as there is growing concern from Republicans and Democrats who are sending letters to the Biden administration because the administration is looking at a potential plea deal for the 9-11 architects, the mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and several others. These are some of the worst of the worst. And you're thinking because you're trying to figure they're trying to wrestle between the military courts and the other courts and they may take off the you know death penalty. So what they can sit and at taxpayers expense uh, play ping pong and watch videos and do things like that, which is what they do get to do in Gitmo. By the way, I went down to Guantanamo. I got a chance to look at the detainees years ago. And when I saw the ping pong tables and the dentist chair. You think these guys were getting uh, dental treatment in Afghanistan? Uh, I'd love to go over there and give them a root canal. It wouldn't be uh, exactly the kind of uh, it wouldn't be the kind of dentist work they'd like. But you telling me that in Afghanistan that like they were getting these luxuries, but no, they're getting them there, and that's Gitmo. And now they're trying to cut some plea deal with these guys. It is insane, and this comes as they're working to try to get. A deal again back on the table with Iran. Remember the pallets of money that came from Biden, the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan. And this president can't even do the decency to actually be at one of the scenes of the attack on 9-11. He absolutely knew of the date. His staff knew of the date. And they obviously did not care. Where are their priorities? Shame on this president.
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line three. Tony, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So, you know, I I see this as a very uh, telling time for this president. And this is going to be one of the cogs in the wheel that are going to uh, break uh, real soon. Because America is realizing that he's not there. He's not going to be at a 9-11 celebration, particularly in New York and D.C., because he doesn't want to discuss what went on. Because, in fact, he's getting ready and he's already communicated to the 9-11 families that he's going to be pardoning. So his, his concern isn't for America. And his concern isn't for our borders and our safety. And American people are getting it. So... As much as I feel a president should be there, I think he has nothing to say. He has nothing to say because this administration isn't concerned about America. You know what? You know what I'm wondering, Tony? Maybe his staff is worried that he's going to tell the kitchen fire story again. You know, I mean, honestly, because that's a every time it's like some sad moment. um, I'm being serious that maybe there's some thing that they're worried that he's not going to say the right thing and they're going to tell him to tell the kitchen fire and this time uh, he's going to say boy i was worried about my mustang forget the corvette you know ha 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 you know boy uh this ground is bumpy you know i i mean remember that when he said the ground is hot when he goes to maui i mean maybe they're worried he's going to say the most inappropriate thing because he is so out of it tony i mean this is it's scary stuff uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, Tony, thank you. And, and it really, you know, it's funny when I saw the news, any other president, I've been like, what? This president, I was like, yeah, it, it, sadly, it fits. Look at the way he's, as you just talked about, we're talking about open borders, talking about, you know, the way he handled Afghanistan, the way he's handled a lot of things. It's like, uh, sadly, I almost would expect nothing, nothing more from this president than to just ignore 9-11, basically. Um, and go to, you know, a climate conference. Like it almost is a joke, but with this president, it is a sad reality. And that is so sad. Uh, really, really disconcerting. And I think it speaks absolute volumes. Let's go to Robert, line four. Robert, your thoughts. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. Um, well, first of all, Stan mentioned about Trump not putting troops on the border. Now, Trump did try to use the troops, but I think he was told that he can't use it domestically. So, but what he did yes, do by is the way, you're Mexico. correct. Well, you're correct. Finish, I will. I will. Hang yeah, on. But, I will, because you're correct that, but, that he thought about it. He also didn't need him as much as this president does. Now, now, but what he did do is he got Mexico to put like 28,000 or something like that troops down there to have them remain in Mexico, which you did allude to, remain in Mexico. But he got Mexico to send their, use their troops. Now, this is very important. I think everyone's missed a major point here. Maybe it's, it's, you just mentioned it's insane. It's not insane. It's called the Cloward Piven Strategy. It was first proposed in 1966 by a bunch of Columbia University sociologists. Both of them were part of the Democrat Socialist America. And basically, the Cloward Piven Strategy it seeks to hasten the fall of capitalism by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands, thus pushing society into crisis and economic collapse. So you and think you this have, is, hang on, you think this is part of a master plan. Is that where you're going? Well, let's put it this way. Obama mentioned he wanted to transform America. 
okay, or build back better. Now, if you can, when they talk about build back better and transforming America, they, they talk about it. That means you have to destroy the existing, you know, what you have to build something new. Well, you know what I, and, you know what I call it, Robert? I call it build back BS because that's what we've gotten since then. Uh, but it seems to be, I, I don't know if I think that much of them that it's part of a master plan, but, uh, if it is, sadly, the plan's working and it's at all of our expense which is a really, really sad testament. But interesting call, Robert. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Vinny, line seven. Vinny, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Uh, there's an old saying, there's a time and a place for everything. This mumbling president that we have should have known months before, make no plans for 9-11. He should be in New York or one of the other sites where this happened. To be at a, 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 a climate conference or whatever, he's a disgrace and a failure, and it just gets worse every day. Yeah, isn't that amazing? He's going to yeah, he's going to a conference. Um, it's uh, it's in India. It's a G twenty summit where they're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Then he's going to Hanoi, um, and he's going over there. And it's it's climate. He's talking about climate issues. And then for some reason, he just can't make it back in time. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I mean, give me a break. I mean, not only him. I keep bringing in his staff. Maybe I'm being too kind to him. Because his staff clearly also looked at the calendar and said, Mr. President, you obviously, he doesn't need to be back in time. And then he, then I bet you somebody realized, oh, that's right. We should do something for 9-11. Oh, well, we'll, we'll be able to just ink it out. We can just make it to Alaska. Give me a break. You know, I mean, that is just, that is, that is disgusting. I, I agree with you, Vinny. It, this is, this is one of the most shameful moments. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, President Biden decided it's leading him first to the G20 summit. They can talk a little bit about climate change. Then he's going to Hanoi. And then he's like, you know what? Um, maybe we can basically figure out something for 9-11. Okay, we'll just pop over to Alaska to a military base. He becomes the first president since 9-11, 22 years, it'll be unbelievably this year, uh, to not mark the 9-11 anniversary at one of the scenes of the attack. To me, I think it is disgraceful. I think it's an embarrassment. I think it is just showing that this is an afterthought for this president. And that, to me, is really just I, – I, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about it. I think it is so terrible and so poorly timed and speaks volumes of his priorities for sure. Uh, let's go to Ed, line seven. Ed, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, 
I'm assuming that his uh, condition is worse than we thought and his staff is hiding him. You know what? That might be true. I'm thinking, Ed, you know, they're afraid they don't want to hear the uh, kitchen story again. You know, I mean, I, I, I actually don't, uh, you know, discount what you're saying. There's a good chance that they realize that he's fumbly. He's bumbly. Uh, he's worried he's going to make it say something stupid or something inappropriate. That might be the case. Or maybe they're like, oh, God, he keeps doing that kitchen thing again. Uh, we can't have him do it again. It's become so obvious. Uh, who knows? Uh, or they just didn't think it was a priority, which is really sad. Either way, it is a sad, sad state of affairs. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Joaquin, line eight. Joaquin, your thoughts. Lovely Rita, radio talk show host. All right, listen, Rita, I got to back Robert up. There is a plan behind this, and you have to understand that they want to make they want to make climate change our new 9-11, okay? This is being done deliberately. Everything is being done deliberately. And also, too, uh, Biden is achieving all his goals. He's not incompetent. And until people really don't see that there's a globalist agenda behind this, you know, you got John Kerry, Al Gore, you got Klaus Schwab, you got all these people that they want to, they want to open, they want open borders around the world. And if you look at some of these states like Arizona, that used to be a red state with all the illegal immigration and these illegal immigrants that they're letting in here, when their children are born here, they become U.S. citizens. And, and this is all this is just being done deliberately. Yeah. By the way, Joaquin, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because there's no fathomable reason that he would be allowing these things. He and his team, as you're eloquently saying. Uh, thanks, Joaquin. Let's go to Cheryl real quick. Cheryl, your thoughts. Hi. Um, I really think that the, his uh, his crew is keeping him away from New York because can you imagine him standing there when they're ringing the bell for every name? Yeah, you're right. Uh, he he'd have a hard time staying awake based on what we saw in Maui. How sad is that? Wow, wow, wow. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.